Welcome back, listeners. Thanks for tuning in once again for the 43rd edition of the Fancy Football Surgery Podcast. We are coming to you on the 14th of December 2016, just 11 days till Christmas. Has Santa brought you an early midweek Christmas gift of points or have you received a sack full of coal and disappointment? Either way, we're going to be discussing the fixtures of the midweek games of the weekend just past. Speaking of disappointment, let's welcome back the Iceman. <laughs> Thanks, Willie, and welcome back to yourself. Thank you very much. Certainly my score tonight was disappointing. Now, we were absolutely delighted. We've had some brilliant uh, guests on in the last couple of months, and that theme is about to continue. Those of you involved in the FPL community will need no introduction to him. Some of you that are newer to the uh, FPL scene may well do but welcoming for the first time to the podcast a man we've been following for injury advice for a long time now mr ben dinnery good evening how are you very good thanks great to have you joining us on the podcast ben just give us a little bit of an overview of, of what you do generally and how you're involved with fpl um well i seem to have um, adopted the moniker of, of, of the go-to man for injuries yeah you mean you know uh, I, I became involved in in collecting data around injuries, you know, and, and looking at injuries and a number of years ago um, and, and sort of fell into fantasy football and and now me, me life basically revolves, you know, revolves around it. Seven days a week, 365 days a year. <laughs> Sounds um, like the Iceman. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Everything from, you know, um, looking at differentials and, and collecting the data and, um, you know, you name it to do with injuries and, and, and I've probably looked at it in, in one way, shape or form within the last, you know, five or six years. Fantastic. Well, I can I can remember the days of looking on the Physio Room website and looking at the ranking of players waiting eagerly for them to come back in the seven days or two months, wherever you rated them. So I know we'll have a few uh, a few players in mind tonight for injuries. Uh, certainly a few have popped up before. Uh, certainly screwing me over in terms of my selection. So I'll be asking you about that as we go along. <laughs> Let's um, let's begin as usual by just reviewing the the strategy around our game week. Iceman, if you could lead us off on that, how have you done following tonight's fixtures? Yeah, well, looking at uh, I have Firmino, so I had to remove him because you know everyone's getting rid of him because he's just blanking too much. He blanked again tonight, so I brought in Payet, thinking yeah he's going to score high against Burnley, but they only got one goal, so. Uh, he only scored three points and I brought in Origi for Austin he scored me a nine I think he's going to get some bonus points in the end yeah great so, shout yeah, on that so he's not done too bad uh, captained everyone who captained Kane uh, and he hasn't paid off he seems to have blanked yeah everyone else has done it so I think everyone else is going to get that score and I actually started Francis instead of Anichibi and it turns out yeah. Anichibi wasn't even playing he wasn't even in the team so Francis yeah. got that nice six points as well so overall at the moment I'm on 152 I've got some bonus points to come in so probably around 50 54 marks something like that very decent score. Well, I can. Uh, I, unfortunately, I can't follow that. I've scored much lower than you this week. I've had a few disasters. Obviously, the news of Hazard getting injured didn't help. My bench wasn't particularly strong. Tactically, this week, I did Captain Kane looking at the home tie against Hull. Of course, he did nothing for 74 minutes and was hauled off. 
I backed my punt from the weekend of Okaka, having seen his performance. And again, he was injured to didn't feature for Watford. Um, I did put Francis at the back because I thought uh, Bournemouth had good potential for a clean sheet and that paid off. And tactically, I went for Foster in goal, overheating. Burnley have been not great at the back recently. Um, Heaton, though, tonight carving out a nine-point uh, return with that penalty oh, save. So I've been left very disappointed. And uh, let, let's see if Ben's done any better. So, Ben, just tactically, what was your thinking around tonight and how did you do? Um, yeah, well, uh, you know, I think it's definitely the uh, the attackers' league this season. Um, so defensively, I'm, I've, I've been left with, you know, quite a, oh, an indifferent back four. Um, which which paid off this week because Ashley Williams would have would have went a long time ago, but obviously he's returned eleven points, and I and I've got I've got Evans who who didn't feature, which, which was you know so I, the Routledge goals killed me to be honest because I, I chose Foster over over Boric, but Same, yeah. uh, I'm very happy with me two transfers this week. Um, I have been known of it as a bit of a, a tinker man. I pull the trigger um, too readily. I t- I've taken a, a a minus eight and a minus twelve in recent weeks, but yeah. I, I kept a free transfer, carried one over, um, and I brought in Lalana in a Rigi for tonight. Oh, nice, uh, nice. Uh, yeah, so that uh, without bonus points, we're looking at uh, twenty-five points there. So I think we'll probably touch thirty with those two. Um, and it was Firmino who was out the door, and and the other yeah. one actually brought in. Uh, Ironic, really, when it uh, you know, since I deal with injuries, I brought Diafro Sacco in <laughs> after he ah. Old Trafford, and I thought, I hey, you know, if, if he's 5.9 decent, and then he gets ruled out for six weeks with a hamstring <laughs> problem. Uh, so, I yeah, so to get rid of those two and to, to return 30 points on the night, I'm um, obviously over the moon. Captain wise, uh, you know, very much like yourself, I thought Kane was absolutely nailed. To at least get something, and when yeah. Tottenham score three goals, you know, if, if he's not on the score sheet, he, he's getting an assist, uh, and he's blanked. Yeah, I, I nearly put my head through the, the TV monitor there. <laughs> um, <laughs> but overall, yeah, I, I, you know, I'll not be far off sixty-five, seventy for the for the night. So that that will do me. Solid. That's that's a really solid week. I think considering all the potential, um, you know, pitfalls there were of injuries and and not and players not performing. I've got to agree with you on the point there around the attackers league this year. I've got, um, I've said many times, I've got stones in my team since I've put Koscielny in. He's literally done nothing for me. I'm, I'm gradually getting to the point of frustration now. I'm just going to bang in a load of four million defenders because they'll probably score equally as high on average as I'm getting. And more expensive loss at the moment, but uh, perhaps that's something we can we can touch on as we go through the pod. I don't know if uh, I, I don't know if to say before we move on. I don't know if I agree with that at the moment because I've got three defenders in my team: Francis Lovren and Alonso, all scoring me a clean sheet. So I I did have Foster and McCauley also get me a clean sheet until that Routledge goal. But it's, I think you've just got to find the players that are, are playing against the shitty teams. <laughs> Excuse my language. Yeah. I mean, set go. On. No, no, no. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm. Uh, you know what? For for in in terms of investment, I definitely think the value's there with with, with the budget defenders. You know, you can you can mix and match. I've been going with a more or less a three four three or a a three five two all season. Um, I don't see any benefit in going for a five at the back. Um, you know, if you look at your Liverpool's and and certainly your um, your Man City's this season, um, one you're going to be lucky if your player is is actually starting. 
and um, with the rotation that Pep's got involved in. And two, you know, it, it's like hen's teeth trying to get a clean sheet out of that lot. So um, I, I, I try to go with, you know, what I, what I perceive as being, you know, value and budget and, you know, guaranteed to play. Yeah, yeah, that's a good strategy. Yeah, I think even if they're not going to score, even getting a regular two points or three points, if they grab a bonus here and there, is, is certainly worth it. So well, well, we'll certainly cover this during the pod when we come into the individual fixtures. We're not going to talk about the cup competition as we did that in the last pod. Um, keep an eye on the website where the Iceman will be updating that, and then we'll come to that in the next podcast. I am going to just uh, review the league, though. We said in the last pod we would do that. So... We're looking at the top 10. Iceman, whilst I'm doing this, if you could uh, name and shame someone uh, a little bit further down for the week, have a look for that. But the top 10 this week. So in 10th place, we've got the ironically named Tip Top, Kieran Kassan, uh, a new member, I think, into the uh, the podcast mini league uh, with 869 points overall. Next one up, 50 Shades of Grey, Alex Belay. Then we've got Costa Gunas with Jack Watson in 8th place moving up. Another man in the uh, in the top ten this week, Glenmore with Trap Stars. Uh, in sixth place, we've got Lewinsky, which is Joe Omondi. In fifth place, the regular Anticlante United, Andreas Olander. We've got Stephen Coley moving into the top four with Red or Dead. I haven't seen that one before, so they've moved up. Uh, Douglas Munro, the mysterious Duke, uh, is still in third place. Kunal Roram with the RK Mavericks in second. And holding on to top spots at the moment by the skin of their teeth, one point. It's a special one, Dimitar Todorov. That could all change, though, when this is updated in just a few hours. Yeah. Um, just, again, looking at the... Again, I think we're going to scrap uh, looking at who's at the bottom. I'm just going to keep it to whoever's doing well this month now. And before these games, we had Brian Nandwa with the Busy Bees currently top of the December month. So well done to him. Hopefully he's still scored a good game and he's going to be top at the end of this at the end of the game week. But yeah, he's he's doing well this month. Very, very strong performance indeed. So let's move on to the fixtures then for this weekend. Hasn't all gone to plan this midweek in terms of the uh, the fixtures. We had a similar theme over the weekend with players scoring who wouldn't have expected and certainly the likes of Swansea keeping a clean sheet. Next fixture's up the 17th of December. The early kickoff on Saturday is Crystal Palace versus Chelsea. Pardew has just said that he feels robbed following that United game. Chelsea continue. I think that's 10 games in a row they've won now and very, very solid at the back. Another clean sheet. Iceman, who are you calling from this one? Well, Palace just seem to still be letting in the goals and I can't see Chelsea not scoring here. They only got one against Sunderland, which I thought was... uh, I saw Pickford got five saves, so it looks like they've hammered the door down and eventually got that goal through Fabregas, who I think no one's got. Assist of William, who again, I don't think many people have got. Costa not scoring, which is (laughs) great for me because I don't have him. And I I can see him getting a goal this game against Palace. He's been scoring every game. This is only his third game he's blanked. So if you've got him, definitely, I reckon he's a captain option for this game. But with with Palace, I think they're not going to get much out of this. Chelsea got the most solid defence in the league. So Benteke, if you have him, I wouldn't even think about starting him this game. I may say that and he'll score three. But um, I don't think he's going to be a viable option. Again, a lot of people 
probably bought in Zaha last week. Again, I don't think that's going to be uh, a viable option this game because, again, Chelsea just going to shut him out. And he obviously got shut out against United and, in fact, wasn't even in the bonus points system in yeah. within the top five. I've moved towards... Um, the Chelsea players, Hazard being out. Have you got any news on, on Hazard, Ben? Um, well, initial reports suggest that, that Hazard should be back. Um, it's, a, it's a little bit of a, a knock to the knee that he got. So it, it, it's certainly nothing serious at this point. And the thing is, what, what we're looking at, I mean, Hazard um, wasn't assessed until Tuesday um, and still very early days. So to try and, you know, you wouldn't necessarily be able to give a, a definitive answer at this point. It'll yeah. be dependent upon, you know, how he responds to treatment and, and how that goes. And, you know, and, and Conte will will keep one eye on the, the upcoming fixtures over Christmas and also after tonight's result and tonight's performance and, and, and Hazard coming back into the team, you know, may be determined by the likes of, um, you know, the Fabregas and, and the Williams and, and those types of players who, who came into the eleven tonight. So, you know, just because he, he maybe is fit, that doesn't necessarily mean um, you know, Conti's gonna gonna play him because you know, he's he's got the depth in the squad there to be able to sort of rotate and um and they showed tonight that they can still go and get three points. Um and I, I, just I don't be, Yeah, I mean but uh, you know, I don't see Palace as being any great shakes. They've struggled home I think they've only had um, certainly one win in the last um, five uh, one one win at home in the last seven and that was against Southampton and, the, and they've struggled against a lot of the sides so you know I think Chelsea will go there full of confidence and you know with or without Hazard you know fit or not uh, I think I fully expect them to make it 11 in a row Okay, I mean, yeah, just just my my shout for this game is actually going to be uh, he's going to be my transfer this week. I'm going to bring in Marcos Alonso. Um, I'm just looking at consistency here, and literally for those last ten games, Alonso has scored other than two weeks at least six points. He's had an eight in there. He's had a thirteen. He's so consistent. He's playing regularly. I don't see Conte dropping him at the moment so I, I'd be, I know he's high priced but I think their next three fixtures Palace away Bournemouth at home Stoke at home I agree with Ben I don't see them um, going any less than 11 and 11 yeah yeah I think I agree and just going back on that on the Hazard thing I think if he has got a knock I do think Conte like you say might actually rest him or just keep him on the bench so yeah this might be one to think about for FPL users because a lot of people have him in fact his ownership at the moment is 38.4% I think that's going to go down just because this little knock it does scare people just seeing that yellow flag on a player and if they see it it's like oh let's get him out straight away and some Sometimes it's a good thing to do because, as I say, he might not get minutes. And there are other options around that price because he's... uh, What what price is he at the moment? He is uh, 10.5, so you've got a lot of options to choose from in that midfield. I mean, what what you've got to remember also as well is it's a little bit different, maybe a a player picking up a knock, i.e. you kick to the knee, to somebody who's maybe suffered some kind of uh, soft tissue or, or muscular damage. You know, the risk necessarily isn't there. You know, if a player's coming back off a off a hamstring injury or a, or a groin problem and it's and it's fifty fifty, then a player's you know a manager's more likely to to err on the side of caution and keep him out. You know, if it's just a kick and it's it's just something that was a you know a little bit painful and there was a little bit discomfort there, um, and again he's he's probably looked at maybe thinking oh you know we'll try. 
travel up the stadium of late and yeah. you know that they're, they're not going to cause us a, a lot of problems um a good excuse again to bring um you know William into the side because he, he's done well from the bench and, and likewise Fabregas has done well from the bench so you know that I suppose that just eases a little bit of a um you know a selection headache that that Conte had take Hazard out the limelight let him recover um you know and keep him you know refreshed for for the early kickoff at the weekend so is do you think Willian's worth a punt this week I, you know it it's always a it's it's always a difficult um when when we're talking about because there are a number of players who are potentially at risk of, of, of coming in and out um, yeah. and and when we're looking at I me mean, as a differential Yes, I can. You know, I can quite easily see Conte naming an unchanged side. Um, you know, sticking with the same eleven um, players. have got nine days rest after this. You know, although it was it was one nil, barring a, a few good saves from Pickford, the, the game could have been killed off. Although, granted, you know, Courtois pulled off a worldie by all accounts and in injury yeah. time. You know, but history will show that they've kept a clean sheet. And, and you know they've got another three points, um, and you know they see old adage. If you look at you know when teams are yeah. doing well and they're playing well and they're winning, you know players want to be a part of that. And, and if they're picking up you know knocks and niggles and they'll play through that. Look at Leicester last season. Yeah, um, they suffered the least amount of injuries. They lost the least number of days to injury. Yeah. Um, because they were up there, they were doing well, and, and everybody wanted to be a part of it. And and there's a feeling that. That's where Chelsea are at this moment in time. Yes, yeah, people yeah. people look back and go, "Wow, um, can we make it twelve? Can we make it 13? You don't want to be the player who would who sat on the bench for those twelve, yeah, thirteen, fourteen consecutive wins. You want to be a part of it. So you know, I think it's a, a really yeah. good place to be at Sanford Bridge at the moment. Yeah, I, I'm just going to back the. He's probably going to keep the same lineup due to. I'm just looking at their stats for the whole game, and they're actually getting a chance created every five minutes for against Sunderland. Nineteen attempts on goal, so it just looks like they were hammering it, but just obviously couldn't score one one, probably due to Pickford and his five saves. So yeah, I can see them probably keeping the same lineup as well. Okay, so I mean we're looking at a couple of nailed ons there, and maybe a little differential for you all to think about if you're if you're worried about the Hazard situation. Um, I don't think there's too much to shout from Palace at the moment, so I'm going to move us on to Borough versus Swansea. Now these two seem to tease us every now and again. Borough will come up with a clean sheet, and you're thinking, well, they're low cost defenders and keeper are a good option. Then they get beaten again. Swansea again, they they're the most Jekyll and Hyde team in the league at the moment. One week they're scoring five and they're scoring nothing and losing then they get a victory so really hard to call Ben let me start with you on this one is there any particular player that really stands out for you from this fixture um, yeah, oh, you know I, I'd look at the two squads and I, I'd look at the way they're playing and, and, and for me you know there's, there's possibly only the, there was, there's one um, potentially two players I would go for neither for the home side um, I'm, I'm not a fan of Middlesbrough and um, you know the I think the, the lowest scores uh, goal scorers in the, in the Premier League, you know, so definitely looking at the away side, and and that's Sigurdsson. Regards to to set pieces, he's always going to be a danger and a threat. Um, he's on penalties as well, and I'd I'd, I'd maybe as a, a differential, maybe stick Lorente in there. Nothing much else appeals, you know. Um, when you look at if if you look back at you know during Bob Brady's short tenure. Um, the amount of changes that he's actually made to his starting eleven, it's a little bit of a minefield. 
you know, and, and for me, there's probably only one or two players within that, that Swansea team who you could probably, you know, say hand on heart they're going to start. And, and, and Sigurdsson yeah. would be one of those. So if, if I was going to, um, you know, pick anybody from that game, it would certainly be Sigurdsson. Um, nobody else appeals. Um, you know, I'm, I'm going, I'm, I'm very much adopting the, the the Kevin Keegan school of thought. It's all about attack. It's all about goals. I'm not going about defence. So I'm I'm not interested in you know the the borough defenders and that potential clean sheet. I'm going Sigurdsson all the way for me and uh, to, to maybe pull off an unlikely win for the Welsh side. Iceman, have you got any any other thoughts on this one? Yeah, I, I think obviously Middlesbrough got being three 0 against Liverpool. Liverpool a good side, but Middlesbrough have got quite a strong defence recently. So I can't see him giving them that many chances. Like if you're looking for like a Sig- uh, Sigurdsson captaincy, I don't think he's going to be for this game. I think he's going to be a great shout going forward. He always will be. But um, yeah, like Ben says, I don't see many options from this game. Uh, Middlesbrough don't actually create much in terms of shots on goal. So yeah, Sig isn't the only option here. I, I might be starting Amat just because I don't see Middlesbrough scoring at all. Let me just ask for a quick opinion on this from both of you. Um, Wayne Routledge, six points last game, seven this one. Bandwagon or, or potential enabler for four point seven million? Oh, do I uh, again? I, I go back to my point. Um, and and my constant one of my, you know, you talked about maybe strategies that you adopt, and one of the ones yeah. I look for is, is players that I, I think are going to play ninety minutes yeah. and, and they, they're going to start, and I just don't get that with Routledge. Um, I don't even think Bob Bradley knows what his, his strongest eleven is. You know, you've got um, you've got Barrow that you could put in there. You've got Baston Borgia who who can come into that side. You've got Laurent here. Um, you know, so there's there's lots of options. And yeah, uh, you know, it, if Routledge didn't play this weekend, it would not surprise me. You know, likewise, I, he's just too inconsistent. You know, I've I seen a lot of him. He, at Newcastle and he flatters to deceive sometimes you know he's a little bit of a you know a headless chicken I dare say I go back you know to the old days of Franz cars he's quick and he shows glimpses of potential and and what he can do but you know what pick you know it's picked up on match of the day and the highlights are good but if you watch him over 90 minutes no he's he's pretty bang average for me I I, I was wondering about your opinion on him, Ben, partly because of the Newcastle link, but also I've got a friend who's a QPR fan. He had exactly the same opinion whilst he was there. Few games, flashes of brilliance, um, you know, some returns, and then you wouldn't hear from him for the rest of the season. So I was just interested in uh, if we could give fan uh, listeners warning for the uh, the potential bandwagon. Yeah, I, I had him during earlier this season. I don't know why, and he yeah. never really gave me much. It was just that cheap option for me. But you look at his yeah. uh, his stats for this game; he gets one attempt on goal. Uh, and he scored from it, so obviously it's, he's just got lucky. He seems to get that quite a bit. I, he's not a consistent scorer for me, and no, don't go no. there. Right, well, let's go from uh, Swansea on to Stoke and Leicester. The link here, of course, being Wilfred Boney, um, previous at Swansea, now at Stoke, not seemingly doing the business there. Uh, the champions, again, falling short, flattering to deceive, scoring plenty at the weekend against City. We thought they would be a good punt against Bournemouth and they returned nothing. So, uh, Iceman, first of all, Stoke versus Leicester, who are you calling? Um, no one is uh, the flat-out one here. Which, well, which is what, <laughs> something I actually 
preview on here. Yeah, I don't think there's anyone here which you, you can point to. Mares is still a good option, but there's too many players in, in, at his price range to go for. Vardy, yeah, flashing a pound for last week because City would just they out tactic City. So yeah, not really many options for me. I can't I can't really see Stoke doing that. Well, it might be just a one or two nil game. Uh, either way, it's not going to be high scoring. And, and of course, the only one that people were really shouting, which was Arnie, has been now sent off. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. Uh, what was it? A dangerous tackle, I think it was. Yeah, I've, I've got a feeling that may get. I've, from what I've heard, that that could get rescinded. That one, by all accounts, a, a book in it at very, very, you know, the worst. So that that may go to the appeals panel, and he that he could be back. I, w- I would think, but obviously we'll we never know how the FA is going to judge these things. So uh, we'll wait and see on that one. It's interesting. Well, what about you, Ben? Are you are you thinking there's anyone in this game that interests you? Um. If I would have to pick, I would probably go with the home side and I'd be looking at defensive options. Stoke have kept three clean sheets in the last five at the bet 365. Yeah. Shawcross back tonight, you know, 10 men for uh, the large majority of the game against Southampton um, and, yeah. and kept a clean sheet. So I think, you, you know, that's that's certainly a big bonus for them. You know, even even Lee Grant, he's, he's you know he's 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 had a, an excellent season in the absence of Butland. I mean, the kids come on loan from from Derby County, uh, yeah. where he's well out the frame. So, yeah, if you know, if I was looking at that game, it would it would certainly be maybe the you know the um, Bruno Indies Martin, maybe the the Shawcross. We'll see how he recovers with it being his first game back tonight. Yeah. Um, or or even you know, like you say the the Lee Grant. I think that's that's the probably the options that I potentially would would look at I mean I, I possibly um, I, I do agree with you if you're going to go anywhere with Stoke you'd probably be looking defence um, Peters is still only 4.5 million he's got a clean sheet the next few games home against Leicester where it's pretty much it could be you know they could get that clean sheet or nothing at all got a couple of ugly fixtures after that though against Liverpool and Chelsea so probably thinking shorter term with that yeah, just a quick one on Mark uh, Maniesta. He's only got three minutes this game week, so looking like he's not an option anymore, maybe. No. Although you look at Stoke's team, and they've got quite a few injuries in defence, haven't they? A fair amount of flags going yeah. on there. Yeah, I still think Peters probably represents the best value in their back four, but uh, let, let's see what happens with Maniesta. Well, let's move on to Sunderland versus Watford then. So, David Moyes' team, uh, true to form again tonight, only losing 1-0 against Chelsea. So, I don't think they've completely come off the rails. They've shown a bit of a reform recently, although they are still bottom of the league. So, lots of work to be done there. Watford as well. I can hold my hands up. I thought Okaka was going to be a great punt. He is injured. So, I got nothing for that. And they lost 2-0 against City tonight. Um in terms of this fixture, again, I'm a little bit divided. I still think Jermaine Defoe, if you've got him, represents the best value up front. Um, and each of looks to be injured as well. Ben, can, can I just come to you for a comment on Akaka and, and Achibi? Because those two were probably starting to feature in people's teams to enable higher-priced midfielders and strikers and are now both crocked. Can you give a bit of uh, an overview of the, of the two of them? Well, certainly with with Lukaku, we're, we're looking at a hamstring problem, and that's the second of the season. And although um, tests are still ongoing, you know what, what I would be, you know, thinking about really is, um, regardless of, of of the severity of it, you know, if we were maybe looking at a, a grade one tear, you know, then at best we're looking at seven to ten days. 
you know, yeah. at worst, we could be looking at maybe, you know, three to four weeks. Um, Walter Mararati will, you know, be considering the games over the festive fixture period. You know, so is he going to rush him back this weekend and, and potentially, you know, put him at risk, you know, for those games coming up between Christmas and New Year? You know, my own particular feeling would be that he, you know, he may sort of err on the side of caution with him um, and he may hold him back just a little bit. Yeah. Um, you know, so I go back to my point before if it's a kick, if it's a knock and it's painful you might risk. When it comes to soft tissue problems, you know, it's it's a very fine line between a player missing seven to ten days, so a little bit of a tear or, or tightness to somebody, you know, making a, a grade one or a grade two tear in going four to six weeks. So that's that's the options, you know, that they're going to have to weigh up that. And I, and I think, you know, Maserati's probably got enough just in his yeah. squad to be thinking, uh, yeah, I can afford to maybe keep a, a cutter out of this one, um, w- with a view to maybe bringing them back around sort of you know the Boxing Day around New Year's. They they really are missing out on Igalo's form of last season, aren't they? I mean, he gelled so well with Troy Deeney, and uh, it's just not happening for him this season. Yeah, he, he hasn't had much of a of an opportunity. I, I don't know if he had his head turned in the summer. You know, there was talks of of big money moves away, um, yeah. which. You know, and and how much of that was speculation, and he and his agent pushing things or or what? But it, for whatever reason, it, it hasn't happened. And obviously, Maserati come in; it's, it's a new manager. He's he, he's had you know, if you look at how he set his team up this season, yeah. we've had everything from a five four one to a five three two to a three four three four four two. You know, I think under uh, Flores last season, it was four four two, and it was Dini, and it was Igalo up front, and, and, and they were your, were your two men, and they linked up very well. You know, when Igalo has played this season, uh, predominantly he's, he's been out wide and maybe stuck on the left-hand side, which, yeah. which hasn't suited him. You know, I don't think he's happy with that. So, you know, him coming on for a bit part and the odd minutes here and there, you know, it, it, it takes time to build... You know, you can be fit, but you need to be sharp, particularly in the Premier League. And that only comes yeah. with minutes and, and games. And he's, you know, he's not getting that from the bench. So I think that's why he's struggling. And, and there's a little bit of a crisis of confidence there, I dare say. I agree. I mean, Iceman, anyone in this fixture that you'd shout? Uh, yeah, well, if you look at Kapoe, he actually got two chances in the last game. So he's still getting forward. So if you've got him, maybe worth a, a starting position for this game. Yeah, I'm not sure. He was the highest out of all the Watford players in the Watford City game out of attempts on goal. Garlo only getting one and Dini actually getting none this game. So it just shows how City just shut Watford out. But yeah, Kapoor is still getting forward. If you're looking at Sunderland, yeah, you've got your main men in uh, Defoe. And uh, what, what was she saying about Anichibi, Ben? Was Do you know much what's happening with yeah, him? In all honesty, I don't at this point in time. Um, Moyes was, was very guarded yesterday during um, his, his press conference. Um, he didn't divulge any information whatsoever. Um, he, all he said was, I will, I'll basically be bringing in players from the development side um, because I'm going to have to make a number of changes, but I'm not going to tell you you know, yeah. who yeah. those are. Uh, it, what it transpired only around about sort of seven o'clock tonight that it was Anachibi was, was one of those players missing. Now, I don't know the specifics of his problem. You know, if I look at his history, you know, we He's, he's very susceptible to, to a, the old hamstring problem and, and, and groin issues. So, again, playing two games, 
fairly close together for somebody who's just sort of come into the first team after um, you know a delayed start of the season. You know whether he's been rested as a precaution because he's been flagged at a, as as a risk, or you know because he, he he completed ninety minutes um, at the weekend there. So whatever it was, it was either late on and he and he's seen the game out or. You know, it was nothing major, and and he's just been rested, like I say, as a um, just as a precautionary issue. But we probably won't know until maybe Thursday or Friday with that one. Yeah, I did hear in that game that he did get a knock during, and then he just carried on playing, <laughs> which is the type of person he is. He just likes to play until the end, I think, and maybe he pushes himself too much. Uh, but I, I, am, I am actually going to start him for my team this game week because uh, I do think he gets a lot of chances, and if he is playing, which he still might, like you say, he might just be rested for this game, and he might be back for the Watford game. So I can see him probably getting a goal, or maybe in assist or something he does get a fair amount of attempts on goal and creates a few chances in his past yeah, four. Good, uh, yeah. Good potential. What I, yeah what i would say about the knock the the infamous it covers a multitude of sins you know and, and commentators whether it be on the tv and on the radio you know if in doubt say knock say knock yeah <laughs> it, you know what i picked up a knock in the last <laughs> oh really oh. yeah yeah so sometimes you know it it it's it, it sort of leads us to believe that it's it's just a minor issue or a kick but you know sometimes it, it's just because um they have no idea whatsoever <laughs> okay. good good advice i shall be heeding that warning speaking of knocks west ham haven't been short of injuries this season um hull city just simply haven't had any players this season so we've got west ham at home at uh, at the olympic stadium this weekend against hull city again tonight they've picked up a uh, they've picked up a victory west ham against burnley 1-0 uh, a few players to mention antonio playing out of position at right wing back again we were hoping to see some action from Payet. didn't really happen ben is there anyone in this particular fixture who who stands out to you i am um, before the season started i was i was bang up for andy carroll i thought a good pre-season andy carroll owes West Ham a good start and some good performances. He showed what he's, he's keep, been capable of in glimpses, you know, and then he spent the last sort of three, over three months on the sidelines. You know, how I, I just be- want to ask you a question about it. Sorry, I'll let, I'll let you finish. I just want to ask you a question. What? Why is Andy Carroll so vulnerable and so regularly injured? Um, it, it, I think that... Again, so uh, these are conversations that I have with a lot of people around, you know, a lot of players. And it's, there's no such thing as an injury-prone player. Um, there's just players that pick up more injuries than others. And, you know, there's, it, it, there isn't one sort of simple answer to that. I think what you need to consider is each individual injury in itself. You know, um, if we're talking about players that are picking up a lot of impact injuries, whether it be, you know, sort of, you could maybe look at Jack Wilshire, you know, and there's a lot of talk that there was a point where he maybe held onto the ball for just that split second too long and he invited yeah. challenges, you know. So you've got the opponent there who are, you know, more often not causing the damage. Um, but then you might have somebody um, who may pick up a lot of muscular problems because that's to do with their their particular style of play maybe yeah. they're they're explosive and um you know quick and a quick turn of pace and uh, so 
with with Andy Carroll, he, he's quite a, a, a combative forward. Really, he, he's tall, he's rangy, he, he gets stuck in, you know. So there's if if we're looking about, he, there's certainly been issues where he's been unfortunate. Um, yeah. And it it becomes you know the two biggest sort of risks to to any footballer is is is, is one is recurrence. So if you've suffered an injury before, then you're more likely to to suffer an injury again. In fatigue, now when it comes to fatigue, you have to you know consider somebody like say Vince, Vincent Company, um, and it's it's about a player you know working hard behind the scenes to get fit to put him in a position where he's you know and in, in terms of his condition where he can start. So is he being overworked? To then somebody who's actually playing the game. And and maybe isn't ready to play ninety minutes, and that's so it, it can become a little bit of a vicious circle, um, yeah. you know, and it, it, it those things sort of exacerbate the issues. And yeah, I mean, I dare say that with regards to Carroll, um, there's been issues where he's probably caused problems himself, you know, by doing daft and silly challenges. There's been issues yeah. where he's, he's, you know, been unlucky. But there's also parts where he's, he's probably, the, there's aspects of his body now that are, are you know, not as strong. It's, there's been a lot of question marks with regards to his, you know, his lifestyle, how he leads yeah. his life away from the the, the game. And in, in the modern day game, you know, the, we're talking about supreme athletes and you cannot yeah. afford to treat you know what you put in your body is is, is what you're going to get out of it you need to look after these things because that you almost yeah. you're a, a finely tuned machine and it doesn't take a lot for it to go wrong and if no. you're going partying and, and drinking and you know and, and and you're not going to bed and recovering you know even the, there's a lot of correlation between injuries and in in gum disease you know, uh, yeah, right. I, that blows it blows me mind. You know, you're looking at research, and you know, you're more prone to injury if you don't brush your teeth. What? Wow. <laughs> yeah, really? so that you know, it's weird. yeah, so that you, you know, and that's fact. So what you will see now with clubs, particularly at the start of the season, they will give their, all their players, you know, a full sort of <laughs> dental check. They will come in because that is the name it, of the podcast. Uh, this brush does your teeth. Fit, uh, Brush your teeth, yeah, avoid injury. That, to be fair, though, that does fit with there's research, long term research, in a number of different sort of contexts, culturally and sporting, that does show people who are more hostile do have higher levels of heart disease, cancer, um, higher rates of physical health problems. And that, that probably fits a bit with Carol's character. Not that he's going to get heart disease, but hmm. if that's your personality and your nature, are you more likely to do things that bring on these injuries? So that would certainly fit with what you're saying, Ben. Yeah, but uh, with, with all of that said, yeah, no. So I was just going to say, undoubtedly, though, on, well, on his day, unplayable. Uh, he, he certainly is 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 one of the uh, at what he does. Um, you know, as a target man and, and strength, he yeah, he, he's up there with the best of them on his day. <laughs> and when he gets fit, yes. Just, with just that said, talk, sorry, just talking about him, I was just looking at uh, what he actually did in the last game against Burnley. He was he was highest of shots on goal and minutes per chance of 13 minutes. So it just shows he's getting involved in the games, even though he's just come back. Obviously, he might be a bit rusty now, but 
He's playing against Hull, and they are the worst team for big chances conceded in the last four. They've conceded ten big chances, and their their defence just doesn't look good at the moment. They're conceding mm. another three goals against Spurs. So I can see Carroll, or yeah, even I've got Pyre as captain options this week. Mm. I would, I would certainly, I would for, personally, I would if I was looking at the two, I'd be thinking. Michael Dawson, Curtis Daly, that's right up their street, Andy Carroll, you know, a big lumbering centre forward, but they'd be concerned about players like Lanzini, Paye, uh, you know, uh, low centre of gravity, quick turn of pace, skillful. They, they, you know, they don't want to be picking up players like that. You know, give them Andy Carroll's pump the ball into the box and, and Dawson will, you know, relish that challenge. But uh, somebody like Lanzini and, and, and Paya who can work around those second balls and pick them up, I, yeah. I, I think that's what, what Billich, you know, could be uh, aiming for. Yeah, Lanzini being a great differential shout this week at uh, 6.4. I'd say he's probably a good option to bring in. Okay, so we're looking at Carroll, we're looking Paye, Lanzini. They all look mainly the attacking options, but steering clear of Antonio because the inconsistency at the moment. Well, I don't know if you'd steer clear. He's still quite hard. We played quite well in the last game uh, with some shots on goal. And yeah, I know he's playing right back, but he still manages to get forward somehow. Certainly does. That's definitely in his nature. Well, moving on to um, a team that's surprising everyone this season, Tony Pulis again proving what a brilliant uh, BPL manager he truly is after his exploits with Stoke for many years, Crystal Palace, and now he's got West Bromwich Albion firmly up into seventh place, taking on Manchester United. So who'd have thought at this point in the season we'd be talking about two teams that are pretty much right next to each other in the league? Uh, West Brom scoring three tonight against Swansea City, that Rondon hat-trick. You've got United pulling off a win against Palace, grafting out a victory with an Ibrahimovic goal. Iceman, who are you shouting? Well, Pogba's scoring points now, isn't he? He's getting a goal and an assist in the last game. Ibra, again, he seems to be involved as well. There's those two, like we said a few weeks ago. I think they're the highest for chances created uh, this season together as a pairing. It it was uh, Lukaku and Balassi, but now I think it's moved on to Ibrahimovic and Pogba. So I think either one of them two might be a good shout. Pogba might be this representing his price tag now he he may be the one to go to i'm not saying you know bring him in he's still going to be a big punt but you're looking at united's fixtures coming up and they're not bad they've got west Brom, west Brom next then they've got sunderland Other then than, yeah. Middlesbrough, Middlesbrough. yeah and then west ham so yeah man united players might be ones to bring in a lot of people are steering away because it is united and there's a lot of rotation there but pogba 8.2 maybe he he might come into his own now Absolutely. I think a lot of FPL managers have been uh, quite hopeful of seeing Pogba at his best and we're starting to see a few more consistent points returns. Um, ben, who are you thinking? Um, again, I think Phil Jones' emergence in, in, in recent weeks yeah, has been a, great, it's yeah. been a definite positive for for, for United. Um, I, I, you know, particularly if you're looking at the two northeast sides at, at Old Trafford, you wouldn't really fancy many goals from either Sunderland or Middlesbrough. So potentially you've got a couple of clean sheets there. Um, I think Antonio Valencia has been, you know, excellent this season. He returns from suspension. And I, I was, you know, edging towards Darmian for this week. Uh, unfortunately, I, I dodged a bullet there as he, as he, you know, he dropped to the bench. But yeah, so uh, again, I'm, I'm not... The, the Ibrahim, I've, I've 
I've stayed away from Ibrahimovic uh, all season. He just, to me, it seems like a, a lot of money. And in fairness, he, he's done really, really well. Um, he's, he's he started the season on fire dip, but he he seems to be sort of to back in the groove. I mean, for me, United uh, are still quite reliant upon Carrick, and I think if 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 Carrick's playing in that side, that allows Mourinho to set up in a you know in a four three three and almost. Um, allows the likes of Pogba maybe to to move forward and, and maybe you could put maybe Matter in there. You take Carrick out of the side and and, and who you got? You maybe sitting Pogba a little bit deeper with Herrera and I, I don't think he's effect, as effective and it, it's a big investment for me and for somebody who I, I, I see is a little bit hit and miss at this moment yeah. in time. So we're looking at Pogba, Ibra and uh, Jones from United. I mean, in terms of West Brom, absolutely brilliant. Still, you know, firing in all cylinders. Rondon with a hat-trick tonight. I noticed uh, assists again for Chris Brunt, who I'm actually going to shout just as having an option in your team to rotate in and out week to week. Another couple of assists tonight. Still getting forward, playing in the advanced positions. He looks absolutely fantastic value at the moment. Yeah, scoring 10 points tonight. 4.9 million. So I would still be thinking of uh, Chris Brunt in that conversation. Um, Iceman, any thoughts on West Brom? Yeah, well, they might do the same thing they tried to do against Chelsea and then just hold them. I can't see them trying to attack Man United like they did uh, in the last game against Swansea. But this, yeah, it's, it's probably one of these games where Pulis is just going to probably set up set up a bus and uh, and just try and stop them. I can't see many ta- attacking returns. So if you're looking at Rondon because he's just scored uh, a few goals, then maybe steer clear for now. Wait until they've got better fixtures. Yeah, the, the next run of games isn't great. So if United have shored up at the back, they've got them next. Then it's Arsenal away, so that that could be even with Arsenal slipping up, they don't score a sack. Oh, sorry, concede a sack load of goals. They then got Saints away, who once again tonight have pulled off a clean sheet. So sort of a mixed run of games. But then you get to Hull at home, Spurs away, Sunderland, Borough. So maybe in a, in a couple of games' time, Rondon might be someone you think of as an option, a differential. Yeah. Okay. Well, on that, let's move on to uh, the South Coast clash of the weekend. We've got Bournemouth versus Saints. Uh, like I just said, the Saints still absolutely solid at the back. Bournemouth pulling off a victory against Leicester. So both clubs in good de- uh, good form defensively. Ben, if I come to you for this one first once again, who are you thinking about? Um, for somebody who doesn't really uh, <laughs> focus much on defensive players, all my me, me last sort of... Uh, prospects that I'm highlighting all seem to be from the back four. Um, yeah, notice that. <laughs> yeah, I, because the, I think it's thrown up this weekend, thrown up some stinking fixtures so far in terms of an attacking sense. And yeah, I'm looking at Bournemouth, and I'm, I'm you know, any one of the back four, uh, I would, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I like the look of Aki. Uh, yeah, all fingers pointing towards him at the moment, aren't they? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it, like I say he's, he's he's popped up with a couple of goals in recent times. Um, I think that was the first clean sheet in was it four maybe um, the other night. You just don't know which um, you know Southampton team's gonna gonna come out and perform. I think the loss of of Austin is 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 huge. You would expect Shane Long to come and step up. Um, you know he's got some some good players supporting him in Redmond and Buffal. Claypool, you know he bigged up Jordy Classy after his performance um, at the weekend. He said that's his best performance of the season. 
And then he goes and sticks him on the bench, and he doesn't get any minutes tonight. Players can play three games in a week. <laughs> Let, let's make it's no bones about it. We're talking about yeah, professional yeah. players here. Yeah. Um, it, it's about how they can be managed, you know, before and after the games. You tailor your training and conditioning. That, that's you know, there's no need to be players and fuck this. This irks me quite a lot, and it really gets me back up. You know, I was looking at data from a couple of seasons back when I think Chelsea played in, in Europe, domestic competitions, world club com- and about eight, eight of them players played over 60 games in the season and they had one of the lowest um, amount of injuries in the Premier League and, and lowest number of days lost. So, it you know, it can be done and, you know, I would expect the likes of, of Classic, maybe Tadic uh, possibly is, is, is an option for uh or Southampton, but you know, the, again, it's it's not a fixture that particularly appeals to me. You know, Nathan at you or, or any one of the the Bournemouth back four. But I agree. I, I've I've still got Francis, but Aki, if you bring him one in four point three million in five games, he the five games since he's come into their side, he's got three weeks where he's got fifteen, seven, and eight, and sandwiched between that, unfortunately, he's only got one. But again, as a cheap rotational option, in your side, I think a great shout. Yeah, I agree with that. He's he's in form at the moment, and he he's playing every he game, is. even with uh, the player all the players back. He's still playing. He's getting ninety minutes yeah. every game. A cheap option. The only thing is that the next two Southampton and Chelsea are not easy. But then he's got Swansea, so might be worth a shout. I mean, if you if you're looking at Southampton though, I do think they they are very solid at the back, and I just think I the game before last when they were playing Crystal Palace, they had. Three goals, which are just random goals. They're just all mistakes. But if you're looking for an option, which is quite an attackive option, Cedric was a go-to, but he was ill this match. And I think he was just being rested the game before. Maybe steer clear of him for now. Uh, but Bertram got three attempts on goal in the last game. And he, he gets four... Well, he's had four penalty box touches. So it looks like he gets forward a lot. And uh, yeah. a good option for Saints with, with that back five still playing well. My thinking for this is actually... I'm. Actually thinking about getting rid of Foster and bringing in Forrester, just putting in an extra R into the name so I can get him. He's five mil. Looking at their fixtures coming up, I think that he's going to be a better, better option than Foster for the next few. Just for the, uh, the listeners' clarity there, that's Fraser Forster, <laughs> not, uh, not Forrester, as the Iceman has been quoting for the last two seasons. I, I think that's a great shout for Iceman. Yeah, definitely. I, I was just going to mention myself, at five million, he is... I think you could almost afford to go cheaper on the goalkeeper with someone like Pickford, invest that bit of extra cash in in uh, Fraser Forster and have him as a season keeper because he looks, you know, Saints are so solid, you're going to pick up a clean sheet, you know, every one in two or three, aren't you? So. And they've got loads of good fixtures coming out, as I said. They've only got Spurs after the Bournemouth game. Another, uh, Just a quick one before you move on, another one is Van, Van Dijk. He... Uh, 5.6 he scored 9 points in the last 2 games so he's just a great option going forward and he's going to get he's going to play in the next few games as centre back you, you're choosing those centre backs as well which are not going to get rotated whereas the right and left backs you, like we said before might still get rotated whereas centre backs won't well, let's uh, let's move on to very much a top of the table, top four clash at least. We've got City versus Arsenal, absolutely huge fixture. Although both teams, um, 
I mean, to be fair, Arsenal disappointing in the game against Everton City, just about getting a, uh, a win tonight. So perhaps neither team at the peak of their powers based on their last uh, couple of games. However, it's going to be a fantastic clash. Ben, I'll let you lead us off on this one. Which player would you say is the standout? The standout, if, if we're looking at the you know the City lineup, I think yeah. De Bruyne. With a, with another assist tonight, you know, a, a different gravy on a absolute class, brilliant, been in excellent form, um, and I think he's probably one of the the most consistent and best performance performers for City this season. Um, you know, there's there's been quite a I know Silva scored tonight, um, but he's put in a lot of disappointing and indifferent performances. Yeah, I agree. Um, and I, I, you know, I'm, I'm, other than that, I, I just don't trust Pep. In any way, to you know, he, he's I think he's averaging four or five changes every game. So you know, to invest heavily in, in, in some of those, especially with Aguero out, you know, I thought um, Kalechi was was nailed for four games, um, he, you know, and he's been dropped uh, for tonight. So for me, the home side, I think the, we're only looking at De Bruyne um, for Arsenal. You know, there's going to be absolutely no surprises in that we're talking about Sanchez. Uh, the player is on fire. Um, he's he's been absolutely, you know, awesome. He's been up there. He's probably again. He's probably one of the players that you know everybody talks about. Is Sanchez going to get rested? Is is he carrying this niggle? No, he's got no. a calf problem. He's got a. But he, he's he's one of the, you know, I I, I think I think Wenger's scared to drop him. You know. <laughs> Just, just um, leave. Yeah, yeah. So if we're looking at maybe um, Sanchez is probably one of the only players that you know. Again, you, you're going to be looking. He's going to be starting. I always have you know in my own little head. I'm thinking Walcott is potentially could be rotated out. Oxley Chamberlain, uh, he's another one at risk. I mean Ozil, you know he's done very very well this season, and and, and I like him. And really, those would be. The only two I, w- I would move away, if possibly the fullbacks. But again, me, you know, my strategy this season, I, I'm, I'm focusing on on more the attacking player. So I wouldn't be investing personally big money in me defenders, which which rules out Arsenal back four. But you know, I think for other people, they're, they're still good options and um, they're still capable. You know, if they don't, if Arsenal aren't keeping clean sheets. You know, they're certainly going forward. There's opportunities to score or, or create. They're attacking. You know, they've got a little bit of purpose and guile about them. So, you know, th- those would be the ones that I'd be looking at. And, and possibly, you know, Koscielny, who who's always, you know, who does all right. You know, he's, he's threatening from set pieces and, uh, and corners and what have you. Yeah, he's a solid defender as well. The only thing is, I don't think he's going to keep a clean sheet against this City side. I know they're not playing brilliantly, but I can see them scoring against Arsenal. Arsenal just seem to be letting in the goals at the moment, not keeping clean sheets, didn't play very well against Everton, maybe on a bit of a, a downhill at the moment. A shout which I, I did look at, everyone everyone brought in Ian Nacho, and uh, I was lucky because I was very close in bringing him in, but uh, Nolito seems to be a go-to currently whilst Guerrero is out. So maybe he might be a good shout going forward. Maybe not for this game. I don't know. Maybe. But he seems to be starting up front playing from midfield. So he could be he could be another option that people go for. Okay, I like that. So Lito is definitely a differential as things go. I think we, we sort of anticipated him early in the season, but he's becoming more of a 
you know, a, a, not nailed on, but definitely more like start for City now in the absence of Kun. Yeah, yeah, especially with uh, Ian actually not actually starting this game and not actually getting any minutes. No. Well, let's move on to the uh, the North London rivals of Arsenal, Tottenham. Um, great result for them again tonight. Fantastic. Very rare that we see a three 0 victory for Spurs without Harry Kane, particularly if you've captained him. Um, <laughs> But again, another potentially fruitful fixture at home against Burnley. Um, I actually picked Son a couple of games back. That's proven to be a mistake, but I do fancy him to uh, to do something at the weekend. I actually think he will start. He he wasn't started tonight against Swansea. Pochettino seems to rotate him in and out, but he would see, seem someone I think will uh, feature over the weekend. And I think there's plenty of goals there for Spurs against this Burnley side your thoughts Iceman yeah well Ericsson who I brought in a few weeks ago and then I took out for Sanchez is still top of the stats he's top for goal attempts out of all the midfielders and out of attackers as well so he looks very promising shots inside the box he's one of the highest shots on target he's the highest and uh, even big chances created he's right up there with 13 in his last four so Ericsson is definitely a great shout in this game. Burnley, yeah, they, they do concede a lot of chances and Ericsson just seems to score wonder goals now and I think he's, he's coming into his own. I did shout it a few weeks ago. I had to take him out due to getting in Sanchez uh, but maybe that's the wrong option. Maybe Ericsson is actually going to score more points than Sanchez but I, I can't see that for the remain remainder of the season. But I'm actually thinking of removing someone like Hazard, who's got this knock, and uh, bringing in Ericsson for this game. I think that's a, that's a good shout. What about you, Ben? Yeah, yeah. I mean, oh, Ericsson. I, I, I've had Ericsson on me, on me little pad, on me little take note for for weeks. And now I'm kicking myself that every time I see his name on there, you know, flash up as as another goal score. It's just like another dagger in the heart. And I, I can, yeah, I can certainly, you know, go along with those thoughts that, you know, maybe Hazard and, and bringing in Ericsson. And, you know, I think when we're looking at the leagues as well, you know, it, it's tactical. It's not necessarily about, you know, just getting up in the league. Um, you know, how high can you finish? It's, it's also around, you know, Playing around players in your in your head to head, and and with a lot of ownership, particularly for for Hazard in in, in my league, Ericsson presents as a as a as an excellent differential. Um, you know, I'm a, I'm a little bit disappointed with, with Harry Kane. Um, I need him to be performing, but you know, Burnley have only scored once away all season. I think they've only got one point on the road, so you would be ex- you can be looking across. You know anything? The Tottenham fullbacks, Son could come back in. Yeah, I, I cannot see anything but a comfortable, comfortable home win for Tottenham. Um, another two, three, four goals on the board, and yeah. It, and if they're going to get them, you know, those are the types of players that you're going to be talking about who are going to be in and amongst it. Yeah, and another eleven points from Walker this game, so getting a, a clean sheet and an assist. So he is showing to be a great. Fancy football asset. I still wish I brought him in early. I just he's just subsided me. He still seems to get ninety minutes nearly every game. I like that. Okay, well that brings us on to our last fixture on Monday night, the Merseyside Derby, Everton versus Liverpool. Both teams uh, getting decent results in these midweek fixtures. Everton potentially gonna get a bit of confidence off of that victory over Arsenal. 
and, uh, and Liverpool, of course. Adam Alana seems to be the man of the moment currently chipping in each week. He would actually be my call for this one, I think. Uh, um, in the absence of Coutinho, he looks fairly nailed on to play. He's in good form and he just seems to do something most of the time if he starts. Yeah, I totally agree with that. He, whenever he plays, he just seems to run the team. They play better with him in the team. I said it last week. Uh, Origi, again, he's getting a goal every game. He's scored a, a goal for four games now. So if you haven't got him and you need to, you're thinking about taking away Austin, whether you haven't removed him yet, or you're looking for that third striker, I think Origi's still a, a really good option for you. I brought him in and he's done me justice straight away with 11 points. Great shout from you, Iceman. Ben, anyone you'd shout at other than those two? Yeah, yeah, well, I've brought Lilana in and reading myself, so, you know, I'll, I'll I'll back up exactly, you know, what you said. And um, being an Ashley Williams owner, um, you hope that, you know, maybe the his goal and performance against Arsenal midweek, that's that's a turning point for Everton. And, and, and Koeman will look at this Merseyside derby and think, right, well, this is a time that we get with season back on track. So for maybe, you know, and, and, and form and, and league position and everything goes out the window in these types of games. And yeah. if if Everton can show the sort of battling qualities and, and the physical attributes that they, that they did against Arsenal, you know, it may be, um, you know, as a differential, somebody like Williams coming in from a set piece, as he did on Tuesday night, you know, and popping up with a goal. Because I don't... For all of the, the, the attacking intent Liverpool have got, I, I don't see a lot of goals in this game. I think it's mm. going to be fairly cut and thrust. Um, you know, I could be wrong. That could go back to Haunters. But I just, as, like I say, I, I expect a, a fairly tight game. Um, I think Mignolet being back for, for Liverpool tonight was a, was a boost. I think um, he, he's uh, far superior then, then carry us. Uh, I think Liverpool look a little bit stronger defensively with that. So it's, it's you know it's no coincidence that they kept a clean sheet at, at Borough. Um, you know and, and, and Mignolet pulled off at least um, yeah. one world of a save. But yeah, um, you know I'll go with Williams and, and, and possibly you know we'll, we'll look at Lukaku as well. We're expecting Lukaku to kick back into gear. We thought maybe his, his two goals at, at Watford might have been a little bit of boosting confidence that he needed, but he, he sort of disappointed again the other night and he, he doesn't look happy, but, you know, he's capable. He, he's going to get you 15-plus goals a season, more than yeah. not. So, um, it's about, I suppose, picking and choosing the fixtures where he's going to perform and when he's going to give you a, a decent points return. And, is he a man for the big occasion? Of you know, of course, is he's done it in the past. So you know, on, on the centre stage in these types of games, somebody like Lukaku, you know, could step up. Just a quick one on uh, uh, you don't feel like it's going to be high scoring. Jagielka is out because he got sent off last game. So Funes Mori is going to come in. Maybe that will unbalance the Everton team and allow Liverpool to score a few more goals and. Uh, Everton's goals which they did score were kind of you know they were headers and I didn't think they were that open and big chances they were just kind of scrappy goals so I'm not sure I can still see Liverpool dominating this one I like it well at least we've got a bit of balance picks from both teams there we don't think Liverpool are going to have it all their own way um Iceman, that that covers all of the fixtures for the coming game week, but I think it's that Just, time again. Yeah, it's, it is that time. Sorry, Ben, as much as we wait for your injuries, you're going to have to wait for the Iceman's piss. I will be right back. <laughs> no problem. 
Well, welcome back from the Iceman's piss break. We are actually now crowdfunding a colostomy bag for the uh, the Iceman, um, so hopefully that will solve that problem soon. I was just chatting to Ben in the break about the uh, the FPL website and app and how it manages and, and kind of um, rates injuries. Ben, do you, do you want to say just a little bit on that? Yeah, I mean, I've, uh, I'm obviously very aware of, and a lot of my traffic comes from people who are who are querying players who have who've actually been flagged by the site, and and how they interpret injuries and how they understand the mechanics of the injuries. You know, quite honestly, I, I'm lost, and I I see it is is probably being one of the game's biggest flaws. You know, I can I can look through um, almost every injury and 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 tell you you know whether a player has a chance of returning and whether they don't. Whereas the official game just tends to default to a 50% or a, or a 75%. You know, if we look at it, for example, a good example, we may look at somebody like Origi tonight. Now, he's been flagged as a, as a 75% chance to be okay for Monday's Merseyside derby. The reality of the situation, there's no way of them, you know, being able to know that. It's, it's, it's complete nonsense. Uh, any player that oh, picks up yeah. an injury, um, you know, it will take 24 to 48 hours before they can be assessed. If it's a muscular problem, you can sometimes be talking up to seven days before a player goes for a scan. You know, so to me, to turn around and, and, and you know, instantly default to 75%, that that's, I find that quite misleading. Uh, well, I think especially as people are quite reactive to that sometimes. I mean, yeah. myself, I've fallen victim to that in the past. I've seen the flag. People start uh, taking the player out. You think you're losing value. And suddenly, before you know it, you've taken out Sanchez, for example, and, he, and he's playing in the next game and scoring a hat trick. Yeah. Like I did, yeah. Yeah, I mean, we're looking at, at, at players like, say, Gundogan. I mean, they've, they've got him as 25%, which, you know, suggests he isn't going to play well. You know, initial reports from Pep, say, you know, he's going to be out a long, long time. We're talking a serious knee ligament injury there. Where does the 25%? He's ruled out. He's gone. You know, he's not playing again this this year. And and by all accounts, you know, he may be looking to play again this season. And and, and you can go through the game like that. And and I think that's like one of the, one of the biggest disappointments and and players and managers are trying to beat, you know, price rises and, and price falls yeah. and, and second guess on a manager and they're, and they're basing decisions on on what the game's putting out and it's you see on a lot of the time it is just complete nonsense <laughs> uh, and it can be people want ans- instant answers from me you know it's it's impossible uh, yeah. we had games on saturday and players still hadn't been assessed by the Tuesday, and that's fact. That's not just you know clubs and managers saying, "Oh, well, well you know, playing the cards closer." That's because the players have not been assessed. Some of them, you know, are, are, are given time off. Um, if there's a lot of swelling or there's a lot of you know bleeding, then you know players will have to get wait until that swelling subsides before yeah. they'll go for a scan. So you know, if you're torn around saying seventy-five percent and this, that, and the other, well, that means nothing. I, you know, it, at best, I, I use my sort of medical background. I, I qualified as a sports therapist. I'll use that to maybe yeah. give a little bit of a, a, an insight and in, in trying to interpret and um, one the injury to the player and, and and the history around that to yeah. to maybe give some kind of indication on a, an expected return date. Whereas the the official game, I think, just sort of defaults to some kind of 
algorithm or um, yeah. you know, automatic update. And and I would you know I would warn managers um, you know taking what the game said too literally because it's it can be very misleading and yeah you can be caught out quite easily. Well, I think that's uh, that's great advice, and I think just the fact that you've got that background in kinesiology as well just adds to your credibility. So, uh, a warning for all of us, I think. Yeah, good advice. Then. Well, let, let's take that and um, take that warning. And uh, social media, obviously, there's always sort of rumours around um, injuries and and the like. I mean, speak of social media, Iceman, any questions? Yeah, we've got a few. We've got some. One from Abdullah again. He's saying, we all turn to Ben for injury updates, but who does Ben turn to? I know you answered this one directly on Twitter. Now that would be telling. Uh, you've got a lot of sources which you use, though, don't you? Yeah, I mean, I've been doing this job a long time now. I think we're probably um, maybe six or seven years in. Um, and, it, and it's just about forming a, a network of contacts. You know, I do liaise direct with with clubs, but information will come from your various sources. So that depends on the on the individual, you know, the player themselves to the to the club, and um, from working with journalists and, and and you know people from within the side the game associates. Um, so I, you know, I'm gathering information from a lot of different sources and contacts which have been built up over years nice yeah you would as uh, you've been doing it a long time you would get a lot of uh, sources to use which is very handy for us uh, field players we've got another one from Eddie Hughes he loves to message us now we like Eddie he's put uh, do you guys think that with cut out there's even more of a template now thought it would shake things up but and he's got a downwards thumb so yeah, it does look like there's more of a kind of template now with yeah. people getting Kane and Costa. Obviously, people are on Austin. Now everyone's kind of got Sanchez, Hazard, all these players. And it looks like there, there is a template kind of forming. I do think there's different options still, though. I mean, you look at uh, the players which have even scored tonight with Origi. He's scored well. And then you've got Lalana, maybe not such a template option. And then players from Man United with Pogba. I do think there there are different options out there. And I think that if, you, if you're looking into the, the stats and looking into every single game, you're going to find them and you'll find the players worth having in those differentials. Yeah, my, my observation of it is there's there's certainly... I think there's a template strike force emerging with the likes of uh, Costa and, and Kane. Um, but midfield, I, I wouldn't suggest so because you do have options with the likes of Ericsson, Siggy, uh, Lalana's coming into the mix now. Um, and with Firmino falling out of form, the only two I'd probably I'd say be nailed on in most teams at the moment is Hazard and Sanchez. So I do think there's more variety. Yeah, no, I agree. Ben, what do you reckon? Yeah, I think that, you know, the likes of, of uh, Aguero, who's following this season, makes for a more interesting game. Um, in, in past seasons, Aguero was like we we have everybody has Aguero on the team and and everybody captains him and even if you don't want them, you feel you have to put them in your your team because Aguero's always the threat. He's he's always the player who's capable of scoring a two or a three and you you know you do want to be that manager who hasn't got him and uh, I fell foul again you know last season in, in my league where where somebody triple captained Aguero and they got seventy five points and I and I didn't have him. And and basically, uh, you know, it, it cost me the league. That one game, I think, was against yeah. Newcastle. Yeah, it was, cost. Yeah. Me. So you know, getting you know, you know, I'm glad. <laughs> 
he, he he's had a quite an indifferent season and he, <laughs> he's struck because it it, it it opens it up it for a lot a of people. Yeah. Yeah, you can become I think you can become a little bit complacent and a little bit, you know, lazy. I think Aguero and you try to shoehorn players around him within you know, he's a he's a big investment. I just think it's a you know it allows you to be a little bit more creative and put a little bit more thought into where your points are coming from and, and you know, trying to to gain that little bit of an edge. Yeah, it's definitely uh, I don't think there is a template, Eddie. I think uh, people are looking at the kind of forming template, but I do think people are still making their own, own opinions on who to bring in. Um, okay, we've got one, uh, another one from FPL Penguin said, here's one, how on earth do you have the patience to respond to every FPL player and his dog on Twitter every day? Also, <laughs> cheers. <laughs> so, which is true. Like, you, you must respond to so many people. The amount of times I've messaged you, I'm sure you can count that. Yeah, in the hundreds. I mean, what what people maybe fail to realise as well. I actually run the physio room account still. Yeah, um, the site's so easier way, is it? Yeah, it is. I, I try to channel a lot of the stuff through my personal account, but if, effectively, I'm running two injury accounts with you know a hundred plus you know thousand followers, and uh, particularly if we, we're picking up high profile injuries, I may be responding to the same questions. <laughs> you know, Copy maybe. And paste. Yes, 50, 60, 70 times a day. Um, and it, when I first started out, the you know, the account in Twitter, I, I sort of said to myself, I will make a point of responding to every single question. And do you know what? It, it is, it Tiring. can be a little frustrating yeah. and tiresome. But as long as I, I have the time um, to be able to sort of sit down and, and go through um, then I, I will continue to do that. Yeah, you know, I, I can't imagine some... your notifications on your Twitter. Like it's got to be unbelievable. <laughs> we, we... Yeah, well, I think I think I've got. I think the engagement rate for for my personal account we're over ten million over a t- for a twenty eight day period. So, huh. um, wow, <laughs> that's a huge traffic. Yeah. yeah, so it's uh, busy. <laughs> Just just a bit of respect here from Reddit. We've got Am9Ha is just saying, this is for Ben Dinnery. Ben, how is it when people ask what kind of injury a player has five minutes after the injury occurred? Do you find it annoying? I do. And he's put, good job you're doing, by the way. Not all heroes wear capes and the official <laughs> FPL should give you a trophy or something for the work that you're doing. So yeah, it is, it is credited. You're very well known around the Reddit world, around the Twitter world and around all FPL managers they all know who you are yeah it, it's nice to be appreciated and and again you know i i, I laugh I, I chuck i take everything with a pinch of salt I, half the time if somebody's asking me how long you know what's um, what's wrong with the player how long is he going to be out two minutes after he's that you know I'm, I'm i'm questioning whether these people are actually serious i just pulling my leg or, you know so I, I tend to to play them off with a pretty straight bat and yeah, we'll have a little bit of banter going backwards and forwards. Um, but you, you know, I go back to my point. I, I'm, I'm very, I'm, I'm always, you know, careful of, of what I'm saying. I'm, uh, I remain quite guarded because words can be twisted and used against you. You know, and I think one a, a good example is if you look at maybe when the the Walcott ACL injury a few years ago when he got stretched off against Tottenham. Um, you know, and he was he was given the the two nil hand signal, and he was laughing, and you know, and people, is, is it serious? It kind of thing when he was, you know, he was laughing, <laughs> yeah. you know, and, and 
he's out for for nine months. Yeah. And and, and it, again, so it's about knowing the player and knowing about the the pain thresholds and and looking at the history and yeah, try to. I don't know. I suppose I, I work of the motto. I, I try to say a lot without saying anything at all. <laughs> if it catch me drift, you know, there's yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. yes, it's, it's giving insight, but but never being able to give a definitive answer because you know it, it's a science, but it's not an exact science. Yeah, yeah, I got yeah, totally understand that. Um, we've got one last one uh this podcast is massively long just one from padfall he's just put uh in the light of austin's latest shoulder injury it would be good to hear a bit about the reoccurrence rate of those injuries will it continue to plague him for the rest of his career or is there something he can do uh well i mean it's always difficult because we're, we're on the outside looking in and when it comes to specific and, and, and precise details of a of an injury, and particularly something like, you know, the the ongoing shoulder problems with with Austin, we, we you know, unless you're associated with the club or, or you're part of that medical team, you'll never really know what's going on. And there's a you know there's a number of reasons for that. One, you know, a player will want to protect himself, protect his value, you know, um, for for contract negotiations, for for ten, potential moves away from the club. You know the the hard and fast line is if he's you know he's going in for surgery and you know that will that will remedy the problem and he should be okay. The instance in the Europa League was was unfortunate. It was unlucky. It was a it was an awkward fall. But can he come back? Yeah, of course he can. Will he come back the same player that he is? You know you'd like to think so, but there's absolutely no guarantees with that. Again, it's 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 a long recovery. There's a lot of things that can happen between sort of now and you know in three or four months' time, which is potentially he's he's, he's expected you know time out missing. You know we're we're looking at maybe March April time. We mightn't really see him as a regular starter back for Southampton until you know next season. Now you know if if Southampton kick on and and somebody like Long or or Rodriguez or. You know, it, you know, if they go on a little bit of a run, so it's it, it's difficult to say. I, you know, I mentioned Rodriguez there. He, the man was look nailed for the European Championships uh, yeah, a couple yeah. of years back before he he suffered an ACL injury, and he's been sort of dogged by by problems since then, and he's he's been very unfortunate. So you just you just don't know how things are going to pan out. Yeah, no, it's it's difficult to actually put any time or number on it at all, really. Well, I hope Ben's answered all your questions there. He's been very good at responding to them. I think he's given some really good insight there and some good knowledge to all the listeners out there. And thanks for all your questions, and thanks for getting in contact on Reddit and Twitter. Uh, that's all for this week, Paul. Excellent. Well, chaps, just the one last question for the two of you. Who are you going to skip her this week? Ben? Oh dear, dear. Right. If we're looking, um, oh, I would I would be tempted to go Kane uh, once again, but you know I've had had my fingers burned. I'm gonna I'm staying away from the two Liverpool lads, Lallana and Origi, just with it being the Merseyside derby. Um, oh yeah, Harry <laughs> Kane, on, Harry yeah. Kane, Harry Kane. Yeah. Final answer. Harry <laughs> Kane. Okay. I'm um, mainly because I'm too lazy to move the badge across. I'm going to back Kane for another week as well. I don't see him blanking twice, and that that game at home is too tempting for me. Iceman, I see. I, it was on Kane for ages, but now I'm really thinking about Payet, and uh, I'm not fully decided yet. It will be between one of those two. Yeah, I'm not 100. percent 
Either Kane or Payet. Kane or Payet. Well, Kane's the uh, again the uh, the majority of the votes there. Which brings us to the end of the 43rd edition of the Fantasy Football Surgery podcast. Um, ben, thank you so much for your insights, yeah, uh, your time to come and join us. Been a pleasure. Thank you. Well, what I'm just going to do quickly is tell you a few ways to contact us. Um, actually, first of all, Ben, what, what's the what are the main sites for people to follow you on? Um, uh, I have the PremierInjuries.com, which essentially yeah. is just me um, the injury table. Um, I'm also going out on Roto World, Fantasy Backers. I've got bits and pieces. It'll all go out through my social media account, so it's all getting yeah. tweeted. All the links are there. You know, if you if if you need information on injuries leading in the build-up to it, any particular game week, it will be there somewhere on my timeline. That's at Excellent. Ben what, what, At yeah. Ben Dinnery. okay. Yeah. I know off my heart. <laughs> <laughs> Iceman is regularly, regularly on there. As Ben was saying, uh, lives and breathes at 24-7. The Iceman is no different. <laughs> if you want to follow the podcast, so our website, www.fantasyfootballsurgery.com dot com uh, look out for latest content on there and progress with our cup competition you can follow us on facebook www.facebook.com forward slash fancy football surgery the majority of our social media activity takes place on twitter at ff underscore surgery you can listen to us on soundcloud and itunes if you listen to us on itunes please give us a review and a star rating and also join the mini league. People still joining week on week now. I think we're approaching the thousand mark if we're not there already. The code is get a pen one seven six zero three hyphen six seven one eight. All ben, that's left to do is to say. Oh, so Ben, get in that league. I see you're not in the league yet. Oh, am I not in that league? Oh yes. Well, uh, uh, that will consider it done. <laughs> Good man. <laughs> he has the coat now so he has no excuse yeah Um, (laughs) what's left is to say goodbye to the surgeon so thank you ben a pleasure thank you yeah thanks man nice man yeah cheers good luck in your game weeks guys excellent having heard uh, all of the discussion around the people asking ben random questions i'm going to go to his twitter account now and ask him when michael owen is going to be fit to play again (laughs) surgery we look forward to speaking to you again next week Yeah, Do you know what the, um, the the thing you were saying about the the site, Ben? Um, I've been thinking that for many years. You know how how accurate is this sudden rating? And and you're absolutely right. You know, it's just it's almost like they slap on the uh, the rating for precaution rather than any thoughts gone into it. So that's just interesting from an expert. If if I was if I was them, and I, I'm, I'm I'd be like, see, I've been trying to speak. instead of I blanket everybody and just say twenty five percent or a ruled out. <laughs> Yeah. Everyone oh, is tired after this game and might just, be unfit next week. <laughs> currently being assessed is what I put, because yeah. uh, that's exactly what they are. Currently being assessed, it's you yeah. know we're, we're looking at twenty four to forty eight hours before we have any kind of insight into what's going on. 
Here's a little snippet of Billy and Ben having a conversation pre-pod. I thought it was too interesting not to share, so I hope you enjoyed the podcast. Please let us know if you did. Um, I work on it on a game week to game week basis because it's all yeah. really around the uh, fantasy football. Um, I see. Yeah. When it comes to things like maybe um, you know calculating total days lost would yeah. would be an obvious one. Now, um, for me, when I'm producing a, a and I have this sort of issues with with clubs, particularly clubs like maybe Arsenal, who are yeah. fairly um, anal about their number of injuries, and I'm and sure. What, what they all say is, okay, well, um, so I was approached by them sort of two or three years ago, and they said, look, yeah. we, we obviously know that you're, you're producing the data, um, and what we'd like to do is just work, sure, we'll work with you direct, so the information that you're getting is, it's, you know, straight from the horse's mouth. Yes. And when you're writing about it, and when you're producing it, what we know is, is, is ours is 100% accurate. So to yeah. give you an example of... of of how it how it might work is so um, Theo Walcott might pick up an injury on a Saturday afternoon. Yeah. Now Arsenal may not play again for uh, say another nine days on a yeah. Monday night football. So as far as my date, I would co- you know be concerned that that would be classed as, as nine days lost. Yeah. You know, yeah. Game week to game week. The reality could be that you know it was just a minor issue. Walcott yeah. missed the training session on Monday, but returned on Tuesday. Yeah. So the okay. reality is, he hasn't missed nine days. He's probably only actually missed one day. Yeah. So okay. That's the, the sort of diff, diff, you know the biggest disparity between the data, but yeah. Uh, but that's so that's when the clubs will come back and say you know okay, because for me physically, you know it, it's impossible to track. 25 players from 20 different clubs of course on a yes daily basis you know you just um players have um you know tapered programs uh, tailored issues you know their own so you know they're training away so um so working on it on a game week to game week basis serves a purpose um and it it, it was all born really of, of fantasy football that's how the idea came yeah. around just sort of spiraled from there um so now the the product uh, i saw the the injury feeds are i license them out so they're yeah. licensed to a couple of different fantasy platforms uh, yeah. um, and now we see right for a few different people supply data um and any insurance companies and that's, yeah. that's probably the main crux of of what my job is yeah, it sounds really fascinating that you get that. And interesting that because of your presence online, more accurate understanding of what's going on. Yeah, yeah. Well, it, uh-huh. I mean, it's I'm in a I'm in a, I'm in a quite a difficult position because when people ask me, um, you know, is this player injured or what's going on, they, they don't really they're not really interested in. They want to know is he playing? Is he not? Yeah, yeah. And, 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 and you know, I very rarely will give any kind of definitive answer, as yeah. in like one hundred percent. To give you an example, um, I remember um, Liverpool a few years back, and it was with regards to to Glenn Johnson. Yeah. And I, I spoke to the club on on the, the Friday night. Yeah. And and I went where well, and Liverpool were playing at five thirty on a Saturday evening or five forty five, whatever it used to be. And 
Uh, yeah. I says, oh, how's, how's Glenn Johnson doing? Brilliant. Trained all week. Excellent. He's definitely playing. Yeah. So of course, that information went out. And sure enough, come Saturday evening, no Glenn Johnson in the squad. Yeah. Um, you know, it, I, I since found out that he had went down for breakfast in the morning. He didn't feel too good, you know, and he went back to bed ill. Yeah. And these are the types of things that, you know, you can't disclose. So yeah. open yourself up to, you know, just reams and reams of abuse. And of course. So it, it's, I have to pick my words very carefully. Yeah, because I, I guess some people are, you know, me and uh, James, for example, we do this just for a bit of fun and something that we enjoy. But I guess there's people betting on it as well. And, and you know, probably people with quite heavy gambling addictions when it comes to um, making decisions around your data. Yeah, oh, so, I, so I, I, I can imagine people like you know using it quite seriously, almost to try and make a living out of. And if, like you say, if you guarantee something, you do open yourself up for a difficult conversation. It, it does, yeah. And I mean, um, you know, I, I've always said, that, and I've always maintained that um, any information that I give out, um, you know, any information that I, I post, regardless of what anybody else thinks. It's always done with the best intentions and it's always done, um, you know, with the knowledge that I have to hand. You know, yeah. people will talk about, oh, you, you want to generate followers and this, but, you know, bullshit. I've got better better things to do with my life than yeah, yeah. You know, chase followers and, and, and do this, that and the other. And so, you know, and I will hold my hands up and on, on a lot of occasions I've, I've been right. But, you know, on the other side of that, you know, the, I have to keep on stressing that a lot of the time it's it's my opinion, um, yeah. and 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 also just because a player um, is missing, you know, yeah. that doesn't mean he's injured. Especially when you look at the bigger squads, the cities, the Uniteds, yeah. Um, you know, and just because it, even a player's playing and in the eleven, that doesn't mean that he's fully fit. Fully fit, yeah, um, of course. You know, um, so again, you've you've, you've got to be just wary of that you know and I, I pick off uh, you know handfuls of players I mean I, yeah. I this week I, I turned around and said um, that I didn't think Andy Carroll will be starting tonight I still think it's a little bit early for him after almost four months out yeah yeah did. Um, you know but that that comes down to I suppose again so my experience would be I'd be looking at managers I'd be yes, looking at yes. squad depth I'd be looking at fixtures and yeah. and, and uh, so I'm, what I'm, I'm, I'm giving sort of informed insight um, into, you know, what I think will happen. But of course, that you know, I could be completely wrong and, and have been on, you know. Like so that. just, just in, for the sake of managing that from your perspective, on when we record in a minute, there's been a few people get injured for tonight's games. Would you rather me and James don't ask you directly about that, or? No. Are you happy no, no, to I'm, give just an opinion? Because I'm just thinking that the obvious one is going to be Hazard, who suddenly um, disappeared for this evening. There was also Watford's um, Okaka, who played well over the weekend and wasn't in the squad tonight. So I guess those would be the sort of players that I'd be tempted to ask you about. Do you, do you feel comfortable speaking no, no, about that, I mean, them? Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm more than happy to speak about them. So okay. so again, you know, what, what, I'm, what I'm saying is, um, yeah. and, and, and what I, I say to a lot of people, look, it's, it's it's a science, you know. My yes, background yes. is um, yeah, yeah, sports yeah. therapy, but it, it's not an exact science. 
yeah, and of course. you have to look at it in a number of sort of contributing factors and um, you know that's based on maybe his, uh, the player himself and his physical attributes to his position to to think and okay well somebody can suffer a grade one hamstring tear and, and be back within seven to ten days yeah it may take somebody else three to four weeks you yeah. know it's um so there's that's why it's 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 always difficult in the position I'm in. So yeah. you know, 